Hey everyone, it's Mackenzie. And Haley, and this is Real Talk About Feminism. What's up everyone? Welcome to episode seven of Real Talk About Feminism. We posted on the Instagram this past week about suggestions for this episode because we were going to talk about the differences between men and women, but last minute we decided to change it to periods. Yes, because periods are so important. Literally all women have them and we need to talk about them more. And another little inspiration for this was we were doing some planning um, this morning and I actually was telling Ken's like, yeah, I randomly got my period like in the middle of the week today, just started it. I normally get it like on Sundays and I was supposed to get it two weeks ago. And it randomly decided to show up today. And so I was just talking about like, oh, my cramps are so bad. And then we were like, wait, why don't we talk about periods this week? Because it's really important. So that's what we're going to do. This topic is super important to me. And I'm really excited to talk about it with you because everyone's different. Like everyone has different periods, different cramps, different flows, different cravings. So I'm super excited. I know we talk about it all the time. So I kind of know how yours are, but if you guys want to share your period stories with us, go ahead and DM us. It'd be really fun to read about everyone's different stories and experiences. So, um, we're going to start off with the feminist highlight and then we're just going to jump right into the period talk. So Ken, do you want to do the feminist highlight? Yeah, this week's feminist highlight is Marlene Dietrich. I hope that's the right way to pronounce it. I looked it up on Google. Um, But she was born in Germany in 1901, and she was a German-American actress and singer. And she starred in one of Germany's first talking films in 1930, and it was called The Blue Angel. Um, After this film, she signed with Paramount Pictures in the U.S. and moved to Hollywood She played roles in many films, including Dishonored in 1931, Shanghai Express in 1932, and Judgment at Nuremberg in 1961. Have you even heard of any of those? (laughs) I've heard of Shanghai Express. I haven't. But yeah, they're pretty old. I mean, 1931, that will be 100 years ago in 10 years. So that's pretty far away, pretty long ago. Um, She was known for her sultry voice, and um, she actually put out a lot of songs. So if you guys want to go check it out, I listened to a few of them. They were pretty good. Um, The main thing that she's known for is she was a trendsetter for fashion in the mid-1900s. So back then, women were supposed to wear skirts and dresses and had a certain way of looking. But she wore pants. She wore clothes that were deemed more manly. And Kenneth Tynan, who was a theater critic at that time, he said, quote, her masculinity appears to w- appeals to women and her sexuality to men. According to IMDb, she's known for her low and sensual voice, her seductive large eyes and wearing men's tuxedos and hats. Uh, my sources for this were womenshistory.org imdb.com and britannica.com so marlene was definitely a trendsetter i really admire her fashion choices and it reminded me of some of the fashion today (laughs) with like our generation and the younger generation so i think she's awesome and it's really cool that she put herself out there in a way that was completely different at that time 
Yeah, I think it's really cool because like now we talk a lot about how clothing has no gender and that's exactly what she was portraying and exactly what she was promoting in the 1930s. And that was back when like it wasn't so accepted to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really cool that I'm sure that she would be really proud now of how far we've come like as a world because now it's just so accepted, especially in our generation that clothing has no gender. And she totally started that. Yeah, it's awesome. So that's Marlene Dietrich. Okay, well, that is so cool. Thanks for doing that. Um, so we're just going to dive right in to periods. And let's just start off, like, what is a period? Because, yeah, we all know that once a month you bleed for, some people bleed for a week or a few days. And it's different for everyone, but like what's actually happening, you know? Right. So let's just talk about it. So your period, so menstruation, okay. That's what it's called. So your menstrual cycle is basically how your body prepares for pregnancy. Even if you're not sexually active, like it's just how your body prepares for pregnancy. It's just natural. Um, and it's controlled by hormones in your body. So basically your ovaries, they hold all of your eggs. And during the menstrual cycle, um, the hormones in your body will make the eggs in your ovaries more mature. And when the egg is mature, that means it's ready to be fertilized by sperm. So the hormones in your body will make the lining of your uterus super thick and full of nutrients and ready to receive a fertilized egg Mm -hmm. and then like start a pregnancy. And that lining is just made of tissues and blood and everything else that will help a pregnancy grow and be super healthy. So your menstrual cycle is like the month. And some people it's like 28 days. Some people it's 31, but just think of your menstrual cycle as the whole month. So about halfway through your menstrual cycle, so like two weeks, um, your hormones are going to release a mature egg. And this is called ovulation. So that's when your body is ovulating. It's going to release that egg. And sometimes you'll feel when you're ovulating. Sometimes you won't. Um, You might be a little bit bloated. You might have some spotting, which is just like a little bit of blood or like maybe a little bit of cramps. But most people don't feel when they're ovulating. So the egg is going to leave your ovaries and travel down towards your uterus. And if it doesn't get fertilized by sperm, then your body doesn't need that lining that it created and built up for a fertilized egg. And so it's going to shed that whole lining that it created. And that is when you're actually bleeding. That is your period. Mm -hmm. And so once the uterine lining is all shed, then it's just going to start over. And that's the menstrual cycle, which is really interesting. It's just interesting to know what's actually going on. Yeah, that's so cool. I always say, or I always thought that the menstrual cycle was just the week of your period. I didn't know that it was the whole 28 or 31 days, depending on the person. That's really cool. Yeah, I actually didn't know that either. So it is really interesting to know that like our body is constantly going through this cycle as women. So that is the menstrual cycle. 
Yeah, it's no secret that everyone's period is different. Like I know just between me and you, we have completely different cycles, different times of the month, different symptoms, different flows. And it's really important to remember that everyone is different. Everyone has a completely different experience with their period. Everyone uses different menstrual products. And it's important that we not shame other women for what they choose and how they choose to experience their period, because that's personal to everyone. And everyone might have their own reasons about why they choose to use certain products. Exactly. And that is the whole thing. Like we do not need to shame people for their differences because honestly, like everyone's body is different anyways. So does it really make sense to shame someone for something that they biologically can't control? Right. No. Right. It makes no sense at all. It doesn't do any good. If some, I read this thing one time and it was like, if like, don't comment on something about someone that they can't change in 10 seconds. For example, like you can say like, Hey, you have a piece of lettuce in your teeth, but like, you can't say like, Hey, you're fat. Like that's not going to do anything. You know, I actually love that. I saw that like years ago too. And that's like something that I try to live by. Or like, sometimes like, like some people have said some things to me, like just in general. And I've thought like, why would you say that? Because I can't change that in 10 seconds. Right. Like that's hurtful. So that's totally right. Like if you can't change it, then why are you going to shame someone for it? And we can't change our flows. So it's something that we need to embrace and to be confident and comfortable with because it does show that like we are strong women because we go through this. And so we need to embrace it because it does show our strength. I agree. Period shouldn't be this taboo topic. Like, I, I mean, I have no problems with talking about it. I love talking about periods because it's so fun to hear like what everyone else thinks, like what other women think about their periods and how they go about it. So it shouldn't be taboo. Like we should just embrace our periods and our womanhood and our strength because of it. Yes, I totally agree. I think it would be kind of fun. Like, let's just talk about our flows because okay. they are so different. Like we're sisters. And so like we have a lot of similarities, but our flows are completely different. So like, I mean, for I know for me, so I have a super light flow. Um, sometimes on the first day, it's pretty heavy. Like this is the first day for me right now. And it's pretty heavy, but heavy for me is still not putting in a tampon. So yeah, something for me, I don't use tampons. If I was like, if it was like my first day of my period and I wanted to go swimming, then I would put in a light tampon, Mm -hmm. but never a regular, a regular would be too much. And for me, it's something that I really had to take a long time to learn and feel comfortable with because I used to be ashamed that I didn't wear tampons. Like I was embarrassed by it because like I was like in high school and I was like, I'm literally a teenager. I'm 16 years old and I still don't use tampons. Like, and I used to try and like just force it up there because I was like, I need to use a tampon. Like only like young kids wear pads. But the reality for me was my flow is just not heavy enough for that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of fluctuates. So like sometimes like 
you know when you like feel the gush yes yes <laughs> like sometimes I'll feel that okay and that'll be just like randomly throughout the day and I'm like oh okay like it feels heavy right now but for me it's still not heavy enough and if I tried to put a tampon in it would hurt because it, I'm just not bleeding enough yeah and yeah. so like my heavy is probably your light but for me it's really heavy and I I have a light flow, but I have really bad cramps and I get really bad back cramps and everything like that. And so like, it is really different for me, but it did take a long time for me to accept that. Like, I just have a light flow and it's okay that I don't use tampons. I just use panty liners. I don't even really need to use pads. Wow. That's crazy. crazy. We never talked about that before, but I agree with you. I felt the same way when I was younger like, oh, I have to wear tampons. Like, it's not cool to wear a pad. But the reality is, like, no one cares. And, like, no one even knows, you know, like, who's right. going to know unless you say something. So for me, something interesting that I noticed, um, I got on birth control a long time ago when I was a sophomore in high school. So probably, like, I can't remember the date. But I've been on it for a few years. And I'm on the pill and I'm actually in the process of getting off of it. It's kind of scary for me because, you know, your body gets used to something and I'm like scared of breaking out and just like going through changes because I'm going to be on a natural cycle again. But I got on birth control when I was a sophomore in high school because my cramps were so bad and my periods also were not regular. And I was an athlete in high school. Like I was, I did cross country and track. And so I was running a lot of miles. And I think that kind of contributed to why my periods were irregular. I think so. Because yeah. Cause I was just like heavily exercising and a lot of the other girls on my team didn't have regular periods either. And I just didn't like that. And so I thought like, Oh, I'll just get on birth control and it'll regulate my periods. And it did for a while, but probably for the past six months, it has not regulated my periods whatsoever. So that's why I want to get off of it. But before my cramps were absolutely terrible and it was just the worst thing ever. And my flow before birth control was actually pretty normal. Like I would wear tampons before. Oh, really? Yeah. And so actually this was just a little self-realization Um, so before my flow was pretty normal, then I got on birth control and my flow significantly decreased. And so I, that is where the shame came from because I was like, I, why can't I wear tampons anymore? Mm -hmm. Like I feel embarrassed because I used to wear tampons because I needed it. My flow was heavy enough and now my flow is light. And so I was like, I'll just like try and use tampons still because I'm embarrassed about like switching back to pads but my flow just changed. And that's another thing that I think is really important. Like our flows can change throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. So they for can, me, it like, fluctuates. yeah, it does. So for me, it went from a normal flow to a super light flow. And once I make that transition, like within the next month of getting off of birth control, my flow might go back to heavy. Who knows? We'll see. But that's was for me before and after birth control, just a little difference. Yeah. And it's pretty common for women who get on the pill. I know a lot of people actually get on it because their flows are so heavy. It's like unmanageable. So I'm not surprised that your flow 
got to be that light and i wouldn't be surprised if it went back to like a, a medium heavy flow once you get off the pill yeah that's interesting i didn't know that yeah well my flow has always been super heavy i got my first period when i was in fifth grade and it was right after the maturation program do you remember doing that where like they give you a pad and like they show you what it's gonna look like with the hershey syrup oh, and all that stuff i didn't do that i you didn't do that do because that? it was the yeah it was the year that we did homeschool that was fifth grade oh for me oh my gosh mom should have demonstrated it for you <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, so I got home from that day and I got home. I was like 10, but I was very mature. So like I was home by myself waiting for mom and dad to get home from work. And I literally went to the bathroom and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's my period. And I, like in my head, I was like, I just went over this. I can do it. Let me go get the pad. Like I was so scared I was home alone. But then mom came home and like she like I, we talked about it and it was fine. But I was so young. I was 10. So I've had my period for a while, <laughs> um, but my flow has always been super heavy. And like, even when I first got on birth control, I started on the pill and it really didn't change much. Like, it, in fact, my cramps were worse than before. I never really had bad cramps until I got on the pill. They were worse. My flow didn't change either. It was still the same. It did regulate my cycle. So that was nice because I could know like, oh, it's my sugar pill week. I'm going to start in the next couple of days. Um, but this past November in 2020, I got an IUD in and my flow is just so out of whack. I can't even like track it right now, which is normal. They told me within the first six months, it would be pretty irregular. It might be heavy for one month. And then the next month it would be like non-existent, like spotting. So that's, what's going on with my flow right now. But my cramps are so bad. Like they're so much worse. It's so bad. Like, you know, I don't take ibuprofen unless I'm in so much pain. I take 600 milligrams of ibuprofen every day of my period because it's so bad. And even then sometimes it doesn't do anything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It sucks. But um, but my flow, like it's still the same, like I can wear tampons. I feel like I have a very average flow where like, I probably change my tampon like two to three times a day, like in the middle of my period, you know, but like you were mentioning, like, I don't always wear tampons. Sometimes they're super uncomfortable. So sometimes I'll rock a pad, Yeah, you know, there, there's no shame in it. It's so much more comfortable. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy, like, how we're so different. Like, I mean, you might, some people might think, like, you would kind of have the same type of flow as your family, but we have completely different flows. Like, we have, yeah, such different flows. But when we were living together and, like, with mom and our two younger sisters, like, sometimes we would sync up. Yeah. Like, we would literally all be on our period at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I'm in sync with my roommate. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome I think you kind of think of with people around you honestly it's like yeah, we're all united do. in that like honestly, though you really do it's so fun <laughs> that's so funny it's interesting to hear about other people's flows and kind of how you can relate or not relate so how do you know when your period is about to start like for you what are the signs there's a couple things. Like I mentioned before, it's difficult to track right now. 
like sometimes I'll get the notification from my phone and my health app and it's like, you're going to start your period this week. And then I don't start it for two weeks. So just it's whack right now, but I know it's going to start because I'll start cramping like intermittently the like two days before I actually start bleeding. And like, it'll hit me like a bus. Like I'll literally like keel over and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start in a couple days. I literally just, I get so hungry. Like when I'm on my period too, like, I just, I want to eat all the time. I'm starving. Like no matter how much I eat, no matter what I eat, I'm absolutely starving and I crave everything. And I get really bad gas, <laughs> like really bad period gas. Well, I know that mine is going to start because it's kind of the same thing as you. I get really bad cramps before, but it's only the night before, not the day before. It's the night before. Like normally when I'm laying in bed, I can feel it. And then the next morning, like I feel that and I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to wake up. And, and I'm then gonna... you stand up and it gushes everywhere. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, that's how it is for me. Like, I know, like I can feel it that way. And then I also normally break out like that day too. And oh, like my really? face breaks out. Yeah. And then, um, I kind of have cravings sometimes this week. I've been really craving Sour Patch Kids. Like it's an addiction <laughs> for me. It's really bad. Like it made my tongue like so painful because it, it was so sour. Oh, it's the worst. But I was, I just, yeah, I could not stop eating them. But normally I don't really have like crazy cravings. It's just occasionally. And, but I do get hungry all the time, like especially yeah. for the first few days. Because like think about it, your body is like constantly working to shed that lining. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. And so I'm always hungry, like for the first three days, because that's when I'm really bleeding. And then the rest of the time, it's just like darker discharge. So it's not really bleeding. But during those first three days, I'm just starving all the time. Like nothing can fill me up. Yeah, I totally relate. And like, I have no shame in like porking down everything. (laughs) Like it is what it is. (laughs) I'd rather be comfortable. Like nobody talked to me about it. I'm on my period. Like (laughs) literally. Yeah. Well, Yeah, I think it's just so, it's so good to just talk about it because it's not, it's normal and it's natural. And it is fun to see like how you can relate to other women on like what happens when they have their period. Yeah. Cause like, just like we're doing now, it's like, oh yeah, I have that too. Like, oh, when does your start? Like, it's so fun. Yeah. So fun. So I think it's so great. Um, We kind of wanted to talk about um, like how periods are dealt with like throughout the world, because we were thinking about it and we were like, I mean, we have like, um, period products, like tampons, pads, panty liners, but what happens if you can't afford that? Or like, you know, what happens? Right, with, and, like, and not to mention other things. Like I use a heating pad all the time when I'm on my period for my cramps, like ibuprofen, like basic things that we take for granted to help make us comfortable during our time of the month that like homeless people might not have access to or others in difficult situations, other cultures. So we're, I feel very grateful and lucky that I'm able to have access to tampons. Even some people aren't that lucky. Yeah. Which is like so crazy. So I just wanted to talk about like, um, on unwomen.org, their website, they have a lot of information just about like 
helping out women. And so they wanted to end the stigma about periods. And they have all these little facts about periods. And one fact in particular just shocked me. So it says that the average time that women spend menstruating in their lifetime is six years. What? (laughs) My jaw's on the floor. Literally, like six years of our lifetime is spent menstruating. That is just insane to me. So men, like put some respect on our names, please, because that's please. a long time. That I didn't that. <laughs> so that's crazy. But um, kind of just going into more of like how other cultures and like people who maybe can't afford these products, like deal with their periods. So the unwomen.org website says that in some parts of the world, menstruating women and girls are seen as dirty, untouchable, or a disgrace because of their cultural norms. Um, and they are sometimes denied basic human rights and dignity. And so in some countries, women who are on their period are excluded from everyday physical spaces and forced into solitary confinement, um, which is really sad. And then some of them are also either forbidden or required to bathe. I understand they're required to bathe, but forbidden, I mean, just because they're seen as like so dirty and they're just forced into the solitary so confinement sad. until they're done eating. It is sad. And then a lot of them are banned from cooking or touching foods because um, they're told that their period will make the food rot. So um that's just interesting. And that's just talking about other cultures in general. It doesn't specifically say, say which ones, but just in some countries and some cultures. Um, so it also talks about how out of fear of discrimination, women have devised secret codes to refer to their periods, such as, and I'm going to read these. And I know that at least one of them, we taught, we refer to our periods as this Ken's, but, um, some women will refer to their periods as Aunt Flo, <laughs> which we do. Um, code Red, Lady Business, Girl Flu, or The Curse. And I mean, I think Aunt Flo is kind of funny, but like, oh, Aunt Flo came to town. Like, okay, we all know that means that. I think it's funny I- too. I like all those except The Curse. Yeah, The Curse. Let's change the stigma about that. But it's like saying that like, People will talk about their periods with these secret code words so that it kind of remains private and because they don't Mm -hmm. want to be discriminated against. But, um, you know, it shouldn't be something that we have to be afraid of. Um, So something else that was really interesting was it talked about how around the world, a lot of women and girls do not have access to menstrual products. And 12.8% of women and girls worldwide live in poverty live in poverty and think about like the cost of menstrual products and taxes. It's expensive. It really is. Like, I know, like, I mean, I'm a college student, so I'm not like rolling in the dough. And there's been times where like, I, when I'm living like paycheck to paycheck sometimes, and there's been times where I'm like, well, I need to eat healthy, but I also need to get panty liners and I get like all natural ones. Um, and I'll talk about that brand later because I really, really love it. But there's been times where I'm like, wow, like not that I couldn't afford it, but then I'm just like, wow, um, $8, that is so much. I wish it was less. 
Right. I I just can't imagine using anything other than a tampon or a pad or a menstrual cup. And I really, my heart goes out to those women that don't have access to those products because that's so hard. Like we complain about so many stupid things in our life that like some people don't even have basic needs, like menstrual products, you know? Right. And that's really sad. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you said like, you know, some people who don't have access to these, this website actually talked about how some women who don't have access to menstrual products will use newspapers, toilet paper, plastic bags, socks, clothes, and rags. I can maybe see like the rags, clothes, and socks. It's terrible to think about, but that can kind of make sense. But plastic bags. Oh my gosh. That's so sad. Like, I can't imagine how uncomfortable that is. And that doesn't soak up anything. So no, like, it doesn't. I just, I, I can't imagine. And I can't imagine how unhealthy that is for you because of all the chemicals that are in plastic. Mm-hmm. So that's just really, really sad. I definitely am a proponent of making menstrual products free. I don't care if I have to pay more in taxes, but I think it's a basic need. And it's important that every woman is able to feel dignified while they're on their period. And at least for me, if I had to stuff a rag up my vagina while I was on my period, I would not feel that way. So I think that's really important. And I hope that sometime in the near future, some sort of legislation in the United States is pushed through to make that happen or to at least make it more accessible for all women. I totally agree. So sometimes I think of some of the issues that are in our country today and some of the big political issues that are being like talked about and argued about in the government. Mm -hmm. And it makes me really upset because some of those issues, I don't see why there should be an argument about it. And I just think like, why is this thing such a big issue? But like, also there's a fact that women aren't getting basic human necessities that they need, like in menstrual products. So why are we not bringing that up to the top of the list and realizing that as women, we need these basic necessities. And there's so many people who aren't getting that. Like, it would be so great to just put like a vending machine type thing in every women's bathroom with menstrual products for free. Because the other, another thing is like, sometimes you don't have one. Like, for example, like when I was in Seattle a few weeks ago, I was in the bathroom and I was washing my hands and this woman came in and was like, Hey guys, does anyone have a tampon by chance? And I was like, I mean, no, cause I don't use tampons. Why would I carry one? But all of us were like, no, sorry. And she was like, Oh, I just started and I don't have anything. Oh, the worst. And I like, think about that. Like how easy would it be for the government to just like prioritize women's needs and like a basic women's necessity and somehow make it more readily available because there's so many people who can't afford that, but also like it happens and you're not expecting it. And so then like, I'm sure that woman either had to just go ask a bunch of other women and try and find one or had to go to the store and take all this time out. We were in the middle of downtown Seattle, like 
So she probably had to find a drugstore and go do that. And not that it's like, oh, it's like so crazy, but like, it's just inconvenient. And it would just be really nice if some higher up person in the government could recognize that this is an issue that needs to be talked about. And I don't know if it's because a lot of our leaders are mainly men and there are a lot of women that are rising up and I'm very excited about that, but the government is male dominated. And so I just think that they don't think about that. And they right, need and to- like, why would they? They don't have that problem every month, you know? Right, and so that is why it's so important to talk about these things because we can bring awareness to them and we can't help. I'm like in the spirit right now to go lobby in Washington, DC and get this on the agenda. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go do it. I'm like so ready because I mean, you're right. Like if I was a man, I probably wouldn't be thinking like, oh, it would be really convenient for women to have tampons in the bathroom and have them ready, readily available if they need them. But at the same time, if you're leading the country, then you need to think about everyone and be inclusive. Right. And it needs to be at the front of the agenda. Yeah, that's a really good point. I agree with you. I know we're not the only ones who have unexpectedly started our periods and had nothing and had to just sit in our blood for a few hours. It's, and I can't imagine not having anything. So that's a really great point. Yeah. Um, for sure. One other thing that I thought was really interesting. So I was actually reading in women's health magazine and I was, it's this article called 28 periods around the world. And it just talks about other cultures experiences with periods. And I was just reading people's experiences around the world. And a lot of them were like negative, like, Oh, in my culture, like it's really looked down upon. And it was just making me so sad. But then there was this one and it was this woman, I'm going to read her quote. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she said, I am a Cree woman. So my teachings are based on the teachings I've gotten from my own family as a Cree person. Um, When you're on your moon cycle, you're in ceremony and you're in a sacred place and time. When a Cree woman goes through the transition from girl to woman, there is a rite of passage called a berry fast. It's a really beautiful time and it's really celebrated. My adopted aunties that I was living with at the time put me through my berry fast, which includes going into a lodge and staying there for up to four days, depending on however long the grandmothers decide for you to stay. While you're in this lodge, you're in a fasting ceremony. You refrain from solid food, but the grandmothers will bring you soup and water. You're praying to your grandmother and aunties and thinking about what's happening with your body. You're praying for your future as a woman. This includes everything from raising a family to what you want to be when you grow up. You're also encouraged to be creative with your hands and create sacred items that you would use on your journey. It's a time of self-reflection and prayer when you're fasting. When that's done, you come out and there's a really big feast. And I I loved it. Like, first off, I love that it was called the moon cycle because it's just a natural thing. And like the moon does go through its phases and Mm -hmm. cycles like every 30 days or whatever. And it just sounds so like moon cycle you know <laughs> like I yeah like I love it too like I want to call my period my moon cycle it just makes me feel so in tune and the thing that I think about is like the earth is so beautiful and offers us so many things and like we refer to the earth as mother earth because like she gives us so much 
-hmm. And I just really think that it's really cool that like this Cree woman is explaining that how her culture relates this very natural period cycle to the earth and like how mother earth gives us so much. And so like we as women can kind of like embrace that strength from the earth and like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, it's just really cool to me how they just relate it to the earth because the earth is so powerful and beautiful and we too are, and like, we can just relate to that. Yeah. They celebrate it. You know, it's not something to feel shame about or something that's looked down upon. They celebrate it. That is so cool. Yeah. I just loved it. So, and I also thought it was cool that it was like a time of self-reflection and like they're just reflecting on their strength as a woman and like praying for like their future. So I, I think that was really cool. And I really like how different cultures think about things. Um, and that was just a really positive outlook. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I really like that. We want to end this episode with discussing how we can help those who don't have access to menstrual products, like uh, some people in third world countries or the homeless population. Haley, do you remember in church one time for an activity, we sewed pads that we sent? I don't remember what country we sent them to, but it was an organization that we donated them to. But right now, like I don't sew, you don't sew. So, but there's other ways that we can help those get access to menstrual products. And one way that I know we both do is by purchasing like our tampons, our panty liners, our menstrual products from companies that will give back to those populations. Yeah, for sure. And I think that like, yes, we, we have participated in different like little events where we sewed pads that were reusable and able to be washed. And then we sent them over to the third world countries and that's super helpful. And there's plenty of organizations that do that. But like you said, we, we don't have sewing machines now, like we can't do that right now. And I think it's really important to recognize that there's really easy ways that we can actually make a difference. And it might seem like a small difference, but it really does add up. So um, I kind of wanted to talk about the brand that I use for products. Um, I use seventh generation products and they're chlorine free um, and also like fragrance free. It's super healthy um, for your body. And on the side of the box, I really like it because, and again, this is seventh generation. Um, it just talks about how many people can't afford period care products and it isn't considered a basic human necessity, but it is. And so they're trying to change that. And it actually says periods aren't always considered a basic human necessity. Try telling that to anyone who gets their period. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, exactly. So they donate 43 cents for every pack of like period care products that you buy. And Um, The 43 cents is also called the tampon tax because there are taxes on these products. Um, There's taxes on any products that aren't considered a necessity. So for example, like um, Viagra for men is considered a necessity. So it's not taxed, but period products are taxed because they aren't a necessity. Tell me how that makes sense. I don't know. It does. But um, yeah, But so they donate the tampon tax. So any taxes that they receive, they just donate it. And 43 cents might not seem like a lot, but it says that they donate up to a million packs 
of period care products a year. Oh. And there's a hundred liners in this. So like, yeah. that's a lot. That can last someone a lot. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, the brand that I use is called L period, like L with a period. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how else to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, these are not sponsored. <laughs> We should throw that disclaimer out there. Um, These are just the products that we use. This company, I really like. They make organic tampons. It's all natural cotton. But on their website, it says every purchase makes one period care product accessible to someone who needs it. So that it is a little more expensive than what I'd usually get, but only like a dollar or two. It's not that much. And I feel good that at least I'm playing my part in giving back to someone who's not able to afford a a menstrual product. So I really like how they do that. Um, There's also a brand called Salt, S-A-A-L-T, and they um, produce menstrual cups. And I have one of their menstrual cups. I started using it probably like six months before I got my IUD in, but I've seen horror stories about girls still using their menstrual cups. And then the suction pulls the IUD out. So I, I haven't, I haven't oh. used it since then. Yeah. I, which kills me because I love my menstrual cup. But anyway, that brand, um, along with the brand Maria or Maria, M-A-R-E-A, it's a PMS relief drinkable multivitamin. Um, according to globalcitizen.org, and this article was put out in October, 2020, these two companies quote launched a social media campaign announcing that each post with the hashtag stop the period taboo, Maria donated a dollar and salt donate donated a menstrual cup to an organization called I support the girls that distributes bras, underwear, and menstrual hygiene products to people experiencing homelessness and other difficult situations. So there are a lot of companies out there that do give back with each purchase. And I really like that. I, that's something I look for in companies that I buy from. So I like that they do that because like we've been talking about, not everyone has access and it would be impossible for some people to get period products without these companies. Yeah. And I think that's so great. So I'm really glad that there are ways that we can support that seems super simple. Like that's just us spending a few extra dollars and putting it towards companies who really do care and who are going to give back. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, please DM us with your experiences or suggestions on like how to alleviate cramps or anything, anything period related DM us. If you want us to put it on our stories, we can so that it can reach other women. Yeah. And we really do want to hear your stories and experiences. So go follow our Instagram at real talk about feminism and let's just all bond over our periods and let's make it that positive experience that we were talking about. And just unite together as women because our periods make us powerful and we can empower each other with talking about it. So let's just embrace our periods together and stand together as women. And if you are a man and you listen to this whole episode, first off, kudos to you. Thanks for listening. And hopefully you can understand a little bit more about how it all works, but you can still support. Yeah, you can still support, you can donate to organizations or companies that promote equality in menstrual products and 
period products around the world to people who need them. You can be super sweet to your lady if you have one. I think that the biggest way that men can support is just helping to end that negative stigma around period talk and just letting, allowing women to feel comfortable talking about it and feel like being open about it. Period. Period. Yes. Boom. <laughs> Boom. That is so good. So like we said, just go and follow our Insta at Real Talk About Feminism, and we'll continue to post all these little updates. Reach out to us if you need anything, and we will see you guys next week.